Welcome back to Problem Solver Politics. I am your host, Cardinalis, with Cody the Oracle. Hey, everybody. And, you know, a lot of people are asking if Bernie Sanders can win. And the truth is, in order for him to win, he's going to have to form a much larger coalition than we really think he's actually capable of doing. And we're going to show you specific tweets that have come out recently, actually within the past 24 hours, and responses that if surrogates have made to these tweets that make us just really believe this isn't about evolution, but revolution. And... The ideas definitely of his surrogates, surrogates and most likely about him. I, I don't know if he can make enough friends or if his report card would say can play nicely with others. And unfortunately, it's going it to cost him because that's what he would need to win. Um, Cody, tell us what's going on. Um, well, okay, so basically, uh, okay, hold. We'll take it from the beginning. So this was a tweet I saw yesterday. Um, there's a couple interesting things going on in here. First of all, it appears that Andrew Gang is teasing a 2024 run. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but then beneath it, we saw somebody. I have to be honest, I wasn't 100% familiar with this individual at first. Uh, but it was a pretty interesting reply to Andrew Yang's tweet. Just one word. Capitalist. I don't think the this individual meant that in a good way. Uh, man, maybe they were saying... Yay! Maybe it's know. a misprint for capitalism! Maybe, Exclamation well, maybe mark. Like, yeah, capitalist is good. I don't know. But again, uh, the, the next, capitalist. Thing, next thing you notice about this individual is that uh, as a, uh, of course, well, this long list of uh, tag things, Young Turks, Sirius, CBS, a also Bernie Sanders surrogate. And uh, now you'll notice there was a lot of... Uh, I don't want to get into random Twitter replies because you can always pull... A lot of them out, but I would say I saw a lot of you know a lot of Twitter accounts with blue hats next to them, but a lot of Twitter accounts with roses next to them saying, "Hey, I actually like you, but why are you doing this? This is divisive and and yeah. not good." And this is something else I want to highlight because this has happened a couple times now. Uh, the same individual tweeted out a little while ago. I seriously, I hope the Yang Gang pushes Andrew Yang to endorse Bernie. The stakes are too high, polls too close. We have a shot with the progressive to win because I do agree it would take you know, not just Andrew Yang but multiple candidates endorsing Bernie Sanders for him to not. Because th that's they're setting up to not rig it, but the Demo the Democrat establishment as it's set up now. If they get to the convention and no one's got a clear majority of delegates, they kind of get to decide who wins now. I mean, super delegates come back into play. Yeah. One way around that is to convince other candidates to endorse you because you'll win. I mean, if every other candidate's endorsing Bernie, it'd be kind of hard to imagine he wouldn't get the majority, right? Yeah. And I think this is why we're seeing surrogates go out there and saying, "Hey, you know, Andrew Yang and his." People should be putting the weight behind Bernie Sanders. The only problem is it does kind of ring a little hollow when you see them. You just barely ended up using capitalist as a derogatory term to a guy whose central slogan was human-centered capitalism. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a capitalist country. Also, I mean, Bernie Sanders, by the way, I don't think wants people going around thinking that he hates capitalism because he keeps saying, look, I'm not a communist, I'm not a socialist, I'm a social democrat. I don't believe in, you know, removing capitalism from the, from the system, but... I mean, it seems as surrogates do, but again, I'm not going to highlight one tweet by one surrogate. It's like, I mean, I I probably could if I spent more time putting it together, put together 40 videos of people um, saying various things about him and, you know, outlets like the Young Turks and stuff like that. But I don't want to get into that because there's something else that happened that was kind of interesting. We talked about this a while ago, and again, I don't think there's anything to... This technically would not be a Bernie Sanders surrogate. I have to pull up a screenshot because they actually deleted the tweet, which I guess that's half an apology. Um... And I will, I will bring up the fact that they were replying to a random Twitter account. It makes sense. But we see from people from Bernie saying, Scott Sandins is a grifter. Professor Kelton is a highly esteemed progressive economist and professor. Now, it is kind of a 
It's a bit of a bold ask to say Bernie should get rid of his financial uh, yeah. <laughs> advisor, economics advisor and replace him with a, I don't know if he was officially Andrew Yang's economic advisor, but obviously a big time surrogate for Andrew Yang and somebody who's a big time UBI advocate. Kind of a bold ask, but still just, again, kind of a, you know, bristly response from a big time Bernie supporter. However, we notice again, same thing. I'm not trying to say they're hypocrites or whatever. I'm trying to point out that, yes, Bernie Sanders, you know, let me show some. This was, I think... As soon as Andrew Yang dropped out, this is actually a reply to his tweet of, of dropping out the same account, saying that we're proud of everyone who got involved in the political process through your campaign. Together, we're going to defeat the most dangerous president in modern history, flip the Senate, hold the House, and change the world forever. Solidarity forever. Because, yes, obviously, Bernie Sanders, if he wants to avoid running into a contested convention, he needs these other supporter bases and candidates yeah. to back him. However, we keep seeing little barbs like this. Now... Here's another one I'm going to show. This like they one? can't help it. As yeah, somebody well, who well, can't help it, I recognize those who can't help it. Exactly. <laughs> but check this out. This is going back a little ways. But this is the stuff I was showing you before was just kind of Twitter, Andrew Yang related drama. It's people that are big Andrew Yang fans, of course, draws our attention. But this is where it going back about a month or so. It has been something that's harming Bernie in other ways. Joe Biden is at least polling at least he gets like 10 percent of the vote like he's not an yeah. insane, like i don't think he's polling as well as they say is but he at least gets some of the vote but check this out twice now twice bernie sanders had to come out and apologize to Bert for joe biden for something his surrogate said at least once for something true his surrogate said so we're going yeah. to yeah this was a uh, <laughs> this was an article going back from i want to say january 21st titled sanders apologizes to biden for surrogate's critique the opinion piece by zephyr teachout accused joe biden of having a big corruption problem which i believe he does i mean it seems like he does anyway it says mr sanders mr sanders distanced himself from the piece by zephyr teachout oh, i think that's the name really interesting an associate professor at fordham law school former new york political candidate and longtime supporter of mr sanders the op-ed published on monday in the guardian argued that mr biden represents the transactional grossly corrupt culture in washington that long precedes trump is that not true is that just yeah, 100% that, correct? That's 100% yeah. true. And then in an interview later published Monday night, Mr. Sanders said he did not agree. It is absolutely not my view that Joe has corrupted anyway, and I'm sorry that the op-ed appeared, Mr. Sanders told CBS News. Wow, sounds like Bernie Sanders shouldn't even bother running against a well, totally is, not corrupt Joe Biden. This is something, and I, I don't want to interrupt you, I want you to continue, but I can't help but think this, and this is something that really worries me about Bernie Sanders um, and his ability to create a coalition because if you're going to create a coalition with somebody, there has to be trust in there and there has to be this concept that there's going to be some amount of loyalty. And I can't think of a single time where Bernie Sanders has stood up for a surrogate that has said something in which he's backed him up. And to a certain extent, it's one of the reasons why I might be a little bit nervous working for the Trump campaign. Trump has discarded people that fought so hard for him. You know what I'm saying? He will dog Jeff Sessions. He will dog Ann Coulter. He will dog Steve Bannon. Everybody that got him to the White House, so much so that you think, gosh, I don't want to feel disposable to this person. Like, once he's used me for what I need, he'll just trash me on Twitter, fire me, and call me a dog-faced whatever, you know? And to be honest with you, I think a lot of people in 2016 thought that in temperament and in personality that Bernie Sanders was kind of like this glamorized democratic socialist where he was like the nice version of socialism, not the Leninism we see over here, but the, the, the nice kind we hope for, um, which insinuates a little bit of loyalty, right? But I can't think of a time, Cody, can you think of a time where he has been loyal to one of his supporters that has said something controversial, where he has backed the supporter instead of backing the establishment that got angry? 
I'm sure there's been times, but this was an example where he didn't do this from a little while ago, which really, this one surprised me more than the other one. Uh, the other one, an op-ed saying Joe Biden's corrupt is one thing. This is an article we're going back now to early February. I believe this was the first February debate, February 7th. Uh, the headlines kind of cut off because of the way the Hill format stuff, but don't worry. We'll get into it in a second. It says, Senator Bernie Sanders, during Friday's Democratic debate in New Hampshire, distanced himself from criticisms um, from criticisms one of his top surrogates leveled recently at former vice president. Top surrogates, that's... I don't know, I view this person as his top surrogate for the most part. Uh, when pressed about an op-ed written by former Ohio State Senate, uh, Senator Nina Turner in a South Carolina newspaper that described that declared that Biden had repeatedly betrayed black voters by voting with Republicans on criminal justice issues, Sanders said that he would not attack Biden calling him a friend. Well, I think what Senator Turner was talking about is some of the early actions of Vice President Biden, but Joe, but no, Joe Biden's a friend of mine, and I'm not here to attack him. Dude, to this day, whenever I watch one of the Bernie Sanders live stream rallies, which, by the way, it does a very good job of live streaming, yeah. uh, I, I see... um. Oh my, Nina Turner up there every single Killing time. It. Yeah, giving these barnstorming speeches, getting people riled yeah. up. He won't. Hello, even, somebody. Yeah, but he won't even stand up for her. I mean, she's. And I, I mean, I get if he disagrees with what she said, it's good for him to be on record. But it is really bizarre to see like, what's the point of having someone being one of your top surrogates comes down and gives you all these speeches if you can't even trust them to write an op-ed. This is the second op-ed in like two weeks I pulled from earlier this month. Dude, I like He's the had Nina to come Turner speeches. Walk it back. But I just, it is like you said, it is interesting seeing he doesn't always stand up for some of his. Well, I can't I think of a time he did. Can you think of a time that he has? In the five years that top he's been Top of my head, no, but I guarantee you it's happened plenty of times. Uh, okay, if somebody can show times in the comments section. Because, dude, the Project Veritas guys, he threw underneath the bus. No, he hasn't commented on them. Uh, okay, same thing. No, it isn't. Your silence is deafening. They don't exist. Okay, so he's either saying, yes, I agree with putting people up against the wall. You know what I'm saying? Which is what the, the Project Veritas guys show was the suggestion. And first was going to be the media and then the establishment Democrats. You know what I'm saying? So either he tacitly is endorsing it or his silence is rejecting it. One of the two. Either way, it doesn't show any kind of loyalty to the cause or the person or whatever. He fired one of them. Um, uh, uh, Nina Turner gets toasted. Uh, yet... She's the one that's giving better speeches than Bernie is at these rallies. Yeah. Like Nina Turner has her own micro economy of supporters within the Bernie Sanders supporters. You know what I'm saying? Do you I think can't... Bernie Sanders wants to win Ohio? You know, like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, know? like it, it, it is really interesting. It's just, well, and it's another one of those things, too, where it's like, okay, Bernie doesn't agree with this at all. It, I, if he doesn't agree with what his surrogates are saying, good, he should stand up and say so. It just is weird to me that some of his top surrogates leveling criticisms against his uh, can't, competitors, he has to distance himself from. But at the same time, is he going to get any former Joe Biden supporters if his surrogates throw everything in the book at him? But this is something else I want to highlight. I guess it, I, I walk it back. If we were to talk about the most nationally prominent Bernie Sanders surrogate, it would have to be Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah, as AOC. And she recently said something in an interview, which, honestly, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying here. It sounds very logical and pretty pretty standard, but it is really interesting because it's it does split a bit from Bernie's language. She says here that a president can't wave a magic wand and pass any legislation they want. Uh, the worst case scenario, we compromise deeply and end up getting a public option. Is that a nightmare? I don't think so, she said, uh, in relation to Medicare for all. Basically, admitting right here that, yes, the president can't just make the House and Congress do something, the House and Senate do something. 
We might have to compromise with getting a public option, but is that the worst thing? Not really, which I agree. I don't think it's the worst thing either, expanding the public option. The only problem is, not always, but sometimes Bernie's language dances around that is the worst thing and people are yeah. literally dying. So we have to have public op- we have to have Medicare for all now. And it's it is now again, this is something you could do with almost any campaign surrogate. You can pull tweets and comments they made. But the thing that's interesting to me and where this all kind of stemmed from, it's just Twitter obviously is where specifically I would say more than any other Democrat running for president, Andrew Yang and Bernie Sanders supporters are very active probably. And it's it would be a silly way to lose support by having people who speak for you just taking little snipes and barbs at candidates like this. Now, yeah, and what's Nomiki thinking? Like, yeah, is she thinking she's going to convince these people all of a sudden to vote for Bernie now? Well, it's just a, by just like calling them filthy capitalists. Well, that's weird. But the other weird thing is just the uh, well, the other thing I want to bring up though is well, stuff like this I think is the surrogate shouldn't be doing. You know what? Bernie should be standing up for his surrogates when they pen op-ed, bringing up actual specific policy failures of his opposition. Yeah. Stuff like this is what I think is the this In is fact, the that's real the sur- safest place yeah. to yeah. support them. Like, this is the real surrogate problem he's having. I don't think when Nina Turner wrote in the op-ed saying Joe Biden has betrayed black people with his votes and with the votes with stuff, I, I honestly don't think that is the kind of stuff you need to distance yourself from. I think that's the kind of stuff you have surrogates for. This is the kind of stuff you don't need surrogates going online saying mean things to other candidates and their supporters. It just doesn't make any sense. Okay. No, I, I I completely agree with you. And to a certain extent, I think you said something really interesting too, where you just said one of the biggest problems we have is the lack of leadership in these parties because there actually is an importance to having a good system in which a young and unexperienced person can go in learn the ropes, not be corrupted, learn how to work hard and have the system function well in which experienced individuals are given value. Th- that is kind of something that we've lost a little bit in the past five or six years as we've gotten so tired of a rancorous and corrupt and divisive uh, Congress that has brought everything to a grinding halt, all progress to a grinding halt, that now, I mean, starting with uh, Sarah Palin and Bernie Sanders... In 2015, um, leading to the crescendo. Oh no, sorry, um, not uh, sorry, not not 2015. Sarah Palin, obviously. You mean Hillary Clinton? Um, I was saying Sarah Palin was probably the first real rock star outsider. I think that um, where really massive volumes of people, especially augmented by a social media presence, started placing inexperience in Washington over experience oh, in on, Washington. Wait, wasn't Sarah Palin one of the main reasons why McCain got smoked? Was because like no oh, one yeah. took her seriously. No, no, I, was a bad I, I'm idea. not saying I'm not saying that she didn't that she was. Uh, not a bad decision for VP or that she wasn't part of the reason why he lost. But I'm saying she was the first real kind of like social media outsider rock star in which somebody was giving more credit for being an outsider than an insider. Does that make sense? And then Bernie Sanders followed that up. And I think Trump was the wasn't crescendo of that farmer. Wasn't Ronald Reagan? And I guess he was oh, yeah, a governor the, for these one year. Guys governor were, for no, a little these while. guys were deeply involved in politics for a very long time. The I, average is fourteen years. But isn't Sarah Palin a governor? The uh, yes, but also governors are not Washington D.C. people; they're state people. So again, wouldn't Reagan be a pretty good example of this happening before her? Uh, yes, but he wasn't heralded. He was like an actor. No, no, I, I get that, but I'm saying his gravitas and his celebrity. And his credibility didn't come from his outsider status. 
But do you see what I'm saying? Like there was a cultural shift I think in I'm the just way. Confused because in my view, okay, no, 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 no credibility, no. bro. That's the thing, is she was the first politician whose claim to fame and credibility from her base was based upon the fact that she was a DC outsider and not part of that problem. I don't think it's true at all. On a large scale, yeah, we've always had DC Maybe outsiders make it. My only point is But this. in presidential politics in your lifetime. In my lifetime I agree. I'm just saying it's been like are we doing how long have we doing elections in America? Like yeah. there's never been one other person. But no, I agree. In modern history, I apologize. I, so I see what you mean so now. yeah, so I'm saying that um now I lost track where I was going, but basically I think you you have to look at this and say, okay, we've gotten the pendulum has swung so far towards the outsider, the progressive, the the the, the non DC person that now we've forgotten basics of politics such as persuasion. You know, no Miki. If you want people to vote for Bernie Sanders, the people you want to vote for Bernie Sanders generally won't get to that voting booth through shame name-calling, ridicule, or cancel culture. Old-school persuasion, which is a lot more difficult than name-calling, was actually how we operated for the first 200-some-odd years of the Republic. You know, we've thrown it out the door. Post-Palin, it's been thrown out the door, and it's been manifest in both sides of the aisle. And AOC, she's a total outsider whose credibility was big because she was a bartender, not a corrupt DC insider. In fact, she kicked out the corrupt DC insider. So, we have, so Sarah Palin opened the door for AOC? Very much so. Very much so. The, the, the celebrity outsider with a big social media following mold was cast by Sarah Palin. And I'm not even a huge Sarah Palin fan here. I'm not here to tell her that she, she walks on water. a big social media following in 2008 in Alaska? Oh, bro. She, she, the, the term death panels was launched by her superfluous Facebook posting. Well, no, but I know, but like your social media was different 12 years ago. Yeah, she was an early adopter and that's why she was so successful. Yeah. Her social media presence was a force to be reckoned with. Okay. And she's the one that invented the term death panels that spread like wildfire and caused some of the deepest divisions over Obamacare from her Facebook posting, bro. Before Donald Trump was known for his Twitter feed, Sarah Palin was doing Facebook posts. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So anyway, all I'm saying is that the mold was cast then when the people's rancor was angry. And now both sides have noticed an, inc an increase in like nobody can name any other Democratic House of Representatives. But everybody knows who AOC is. And why is that? It's not because of her gravitas in Washington. Oh, Nancy Pelosi, perhaps. You're right. Nancy Pelosi. And we can name a couple. But it's not because of her incredible acumen we can name on the floor. Ones. Uh, I believe Adam Schiff isn't even California. <laughs> yeah, Adam Schiff. You know, we could probably name 10, right? Nancy Pelosi's California. What about uh, isn't there another California congressperson who's really famous? Um, oh, my God. What's there's, her name? Uh, there's McCarthy. No, there's, there's the one. Isn't Maxine Waters the house? Yes, Maxine Waters. That's in California. That How many? It, dude, I remember there was a when they when they uh, I think when they were doing the when the House filed their like official impeachment thing. They had like six House representatives or six House members standing up on the podium, and it was like New York, New York, New York California, New York, California, yeah. California, New York. I was like, oh my god, man, it's ridiculous. Yeah, no, it was actually a Donald Trump Jr. meme, and he said, if you if people in the flyover states ever accuse. Uh, the Democrat Party of being uh, coastal elites. Here's why. And it showed Kamala Harris, Adam Schiff, uh, Maxine Waters. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All of them that are Sacramento and Los Angeles 
and uh, New York folks. That's Adam it. Adam Schiff's really Burbank. It's, I don't know. Yeah, it, Adam Schiff's over in Burbank. It is pretty ridiculous. See, it's like, why is wow, that guy is pretty popular? He's on TV all the time. He's the, I'm blanking on his official title, but he'd be the head of the House Intelligence Committee, right? Isn't that yeah. What's and then it's like, oh, he's from Burbank, like right in the middle yeah. of Los Angeles. Of course, that's where he's from. I think oh, Nadler's the, from California, too. The whole, too. yeah, they'll have the whole, oh, they're probably New York, right? You have the whole oh, country, no, and York, it's like, yeah. yeah, these people come from so New York anyway, City all and I'm Los saying, Angeles. It's crazy. Oh, I'm San Francisco. The only forget San Francisco. Yeah. All I'm saying is that I have noticed that post-Palin, on both sides, it's, it, it's a bipartisan issue, um, the rise of the outsider social media star um, criticizing the insider with experience for their status as an insider, for their experience, has become so detrimental that I think it's developed a psychosis in these people. Nomiki Kant's thinking that by calling Yang gangers a bunch of filthy capitalists, you know what I'm saying? She might as well just had an emoji of a money bag right there with a the fat cat just, you know, uh, stepping on the foot of the poor like you'd see in 1930s Great oh, Depression. Oh, hold on. It, it, uh, it, political cartoons, not, you know. But I, I would say, Tom, how about this? Can we, can, we, can we be a little more? I would say this. If Bernie Sanders wants to be elected president of the United States, he probably needs about 100 million capitalists to vote for him. Right? Okay, yeah, that's fair. Like, whether you love him or not, that's going to have to be who votes for Bernie to win. And I think okay. yeah, this is the I don't think accusing Joe Biden of having a bad voting record. That is not the kind of divisive rhetoric he has to avoid accusing other candidates of big being capitalists or acting in bad faith or being stupid. That's what you have to avoid. And it's it's a fine line. But like I said, th th this this kind of stuff isn't the biggest deal. It's one tweet. It's got you know, 700 likes. Not the biggest tweets ever made. One of them is me, by the way, because I like to, uh -huh. I like to like tweets so I can keep track of them. I remember them. But uh, it's just it's not. It is the kind of language I think that is bad for the for getting a, enough voters together to win. I, I don't think calling out Joe Biden and saying, hey, look, Joe Biden's record's bad. I don't think that's the kind of divisive language that's bad. But the you're stupid capitalists or you're a capitalist, yeah. uh, your supporters are hacks or frauds. That's the kind of stuff you want to avoid. It's tough, but it's also why it's really hard to be elected president of the United States of America. And a lot of people try. Most of them fail. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, it's kind of funny. Uh, apparently she got busted. In 2019 for uh, pulling an AOC, giving all kinds of money from her campaign to a firm with ties to her boyfriend. Hey, look, but you know? does, I don't care what someone did in the Rock past. On. I honestly don't care. I'm not going to bring well, it usually, up. Well, uh, usually these uh, angry I don't, intersectional like, feminists are undateable, so I'm just happy that she got a boyfriend. Good job for her. Wow. There we go. Yeah, we've gone way too long. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, I don't think it's going to work. Uh, and I do want to know one last thing, Cody, before we end here. Um, do you think, and this is a legitimate question, do you think Bernie Sanders has has maximized his slice of the pie, his market? Or do you think as Bloomberg starts literally outlasting people just because of money? He's going to outlast Warren just because of money post Super Tuesday. Uh, she won't be able to survive Super Tuesday. He's he's gonna outlast outlast Joe Biden, and and these percentages, these ten, these twenty percents that each one of these people have, okay, are gonna have to go somewhere. Do you see large swaths or portions of the followers of Joe Biden or Elizabeth Warren ultimately ending up with Bernie Sanders? I mean, it depends on a couple things. It really does. If he saw if he starts softening his language just a teeny bit here and there, if he softens his language to the point where I don't actually believe he doesn't want capitalists supporting him, which you know I kind of tongue in cheek say that, but you see what I mean, then yeah, I think he can. 
That's a, that's kind of the whole point of this video. If he can stay on point and say, look, these people that I'm running against are corrupt and they're awful, and then just soften his language a bit. I just think, I, I've i said this many times, but I think the wall he's going to run up against on things like tuition-free school and healthcare that's you know free at point of access, all that stuff, is there's people who don't need these things that are just going to have a lot of the stuff they use upended and they're going to pay more in taxes for it. I don't, and I've, I've heard some arguments. I've never heard the argument where I go, you know what? That's how you win their vote. It's literally just, look, man, I'm going to change your health care. It's probably going to be the same, maybe a little worse, maybe a little better. There might be some access time differences, and you're going to pay more in taxes for it. There's millions of Americans out there who are going to have that pitch from him. I think that's the bigger issue for him. And I think he should focus more on reaching out to those Americans and less on sniping at and, and have, have his that's what a surrogate should be out there doing they should be out there building bridges with people that are not fully on board for the you know democratic socialist revolution and would are much rather have something uh or the social democrat and much rather have something that's a little bit a little bit closer to what we have now with expanded social programs which is way more popular i think if he does that yeah you can win yeah so anyway, uh, let us know what you guys think of the comments below. If you haven't joined us yet, please join the channel. It's an inexpensive way to make sure that we keep this good content coming your way free of charge uh, or without corporate sponsorships. Um, and also make sure that you follow us on Twitter. Cody lights up Twitter. All right. Uh, every day at PSP Radio 1. Check us out on Instagram, Problem Solver Politics. And if you haven't had a chance yet, please like, please share, please subscribe. This is Problem Solver Politics. We'll see you guys in the next video.